There's incredible personal freedom in truth, yet we spend so much of our lives showing up the way we think we should. The ways that will make our parents happy, our colleagues respect us, society at large accept us, and of course, the ways that will make us look good on Instagram and social media. In My Truth is the antidote to the shoulds. Be a fly on the wall as my guests and I dive into the untruths we're currently living with and work through them together in real time. I'm Sarah Regalhuth, your host, and as I recently updated my Instagram bio to read, I'm not one thing, but many. Professionally, I run Grow My Team. I'm one of the co-founders of the League of Extraordinary Women, but personally, I'm a lot more than that. Last year, I moved through a breakdown. I also moved through a breakup. I also changed my entire career professionally, sold my company, ended 17 years in financial planning, a lot of change. During this period, I had a strong calling to share what was going on for me, to share it publicly on my blog, on my social media. I don't know why, but I really felt that it was important to open up these conversations and share with people what was really happening behind the scenes of my life. This sharing resulted in a lot of people reaching out to me to have deep conversations. And I started imagining what would it look like if other people could listen in on these conversations? What healing could come from that? I knew that I was healing. I knew the people I was having conversations with were healing. And I really felt that if other people could listen to these conversations, to what was happening in real time, as we worked through things, that healing would come for many. And so on a drive from Vancouver to Colorado, a pilgrimage, I would say, where I was moving my life back to the state that has called my heart since the first moment I ever set foot in there, this podcast, In My Truth, was born. It feels healing and growing for me. I believe it's healing and growing for my guests. And I feel that there will be healing and growing for you, my listeners. So let's dive in. Quick disclaimer before we dive in, what we talk about on In My Truth tends to be very raw and can be triggering. I have included in the show notes links to resources and places where you can get support and help if you do find yourself triggered by what we talk about. Welcome everyone to this episode of In My Truth. I have my dear friend Jinnika with me, who is a friend I've met through the Fit for Service tribe. I've had many, many of our fellow Um, fam on the show. So it's awesome to have you here today. Tell us a little bit about you. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I'm Jenica and um, I grew up in California and I'm currently living in the deserts of Arizona. Um, I'm about 34 years old and I still feel like I'm trying to get my shit together. (laughs) (laughs) I think we all do sometimes. Well, thank you, babe, for joining us. I'm so excited to have you on the show. I guess let's dive into what you feel you want to release and and talk about today. So, yeah, so I met you through Fit for Service, and um, my main motivation for joining Fit for Service is to try to be fit for service. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's an amazing program for anyone out there who's wondering what it's what it's all about but it's really about us doing the work on ourselves so that we can really serve others and contribute positively into this world through the healing of our own shit essentially <laughs> yeah exactly so i had a i mean i feel like i've my whole life has been in a very negative lens um i had a really traumatic childhood that 
stems into many aspects of my life um, and that I didn't really realize until, I mean, I knew that I had all these problems because of my childhood, but I didn't really know how to deal with them. Um, and being an FFS has really helped me to change my relationship with myself. Um, and so I'm obviously it's still a process. I'm not like, Oh, I'm healed or whatever. (laughs) But yeah. So my current struggles as I'm, I, I'm still trying to figure out what I want to be doing with my life. My career never quite manifested in the way that I thought it would when I was younger. And, um, I've just been searching and, um, I think I found my purpose recently, Um, This past summer, I went up to Colorado and I did some therapy uh, with a place called Innate Path, and they do a psychedelic-assisted somatic therapy to help you to process and release trauma from your system um, to be able to change your relationship to yourself. And it um, it was a really good experience for me, and I, coming through on the other side, I've I feel really called to become a psychedelic therapist myself. So I'm starting the process of trying to figure out what that means Mm -hmm. uh, because there's not really a roadmap to becoming a psychedelic therapist, but um, there are, there are some steps that I know that I could be taking now while the process is still being legalized through, through maps and all that. Yeah. And so you've recently started writing about your childhood and kind of really releasing some of those stories on your Instagram, um, the unraveling fern is your Instagram handle. (laughs) Um, has, was that journey, uh, that you talked about in Colorado, was that part of being able to, like, I know this Jenica, but were you, did you not talk about this stuff before or, Yeah, so my whole life, I never really talked about what had happened to me, mostly out of shame and not wanting to be different than other people. So in short, like, okay, so my childhood, I was sexually abused um, from the time I was three until I was 13. And in that time, um, it was a lot of conflicting things because my abuser told me and my brother that if we were to ever say anything that he was going to chop us up into little pieces and hide us in his construction sites and so there was the fear of actually coming out and saying anything but um at the same time i did try to say things to my family and and my mom and stuff and it was never believed um i'm also a child of divorce and so anytime i came up with any of these stories they were just saying that i was seeking attention because I was a child of divorce and um so I was never believed and uh, yeah (laughs) and so um these type of things they they follow you into adulthood and another part of my story is that because I felt like I wasn't being heard I started acting out as a child and my behavior got so bad that my mom couldn't handle me anymore and sent me to live with my dad um, across the country And that turned into its own, like, abusive situation, just in a different sense. And so what I had learned is that my truth um, will either isn't valid and or it was it's going to get me in trouble or I'm going to be banished. Mm. So I learned very quickly not to share my truth. 
and um, I became very shy and quiet and very within myself and um, and I just tried to learn how to live life on my own. Um, when the abuse came out, I was 13 and then by the time everything was all said and done and my perpetrator went to jail, I was 15. And at that time, everybody in my life, all the adults, they just felt like they had let me down so bad and they didn't really know how to parent me anymore. And I was kind of, it felt like I was left to my own devices and I never had any guidance or anything. And then growing up in the abuse um, really messes with you mentally. And I had a lot of learning disabilities and things in school because it was really hard for me to concentrate with everything that was going on at home. And so I just didn't have the great framework of how to make a life for myself when I was younger. And I would just put on this persona of everything's okay. Like, I'm fine. I don't need help. I can figure it out. I'll figure it out on my own. Mm. And I just kind of like pushed through life that way. It's so incredible to hear your journey. Thank you so much for um, sharing it with, with us. It's just like so difficult and my heart just absolutely breaks for you. And it's, it's so interesting for me, the reflection you made of, I learned that my truth, you know, wasn't valid and would actually get me into trouble. And I think, you know, you're kind of sitting on a very extreme end of that, yet it was the same experience for me um, in that, you know, my truth of who I was and how I was living and trying to deal with things just wasn't good enough. And so, you know, I started showing up in life as someone that I wasn't. And I find it fascinating because I think, so many people experience that same feeling in such different ways. Um, and your, you know, my, my heart breaks for the injustice of your situation and how kind of awful that was and how awful that, that must've been to live through. Um, and, and I think it's kind of like knowing that I felt that and not necessarily through trauma, just through like, I don't know, me just feeling rejected by, for being how I am or, and even, you know, in more recent years, like wanting to explore non-monogamy and stuff and having a partner who agreed to do that, but then punished me every single time, you know, I wanted to start to kind of move in that direction or explore that or whatever. Like, it's just, it's fascinating how our truth is people don't want to see it or receive it or like there's so many different reasons why, but people just, it's too difficult for them. They just want their head in the sand and they don't want to hear it. Um, and they don't want to be a part of it. And, um, how much courage and bravery it takes to live in truth is something that just should not be overlooked. Like even just to say the little things like, I want to do this instead of that, or I, I want to stay in instead of going out. Like that's where it all starts. But how many times do we actually even in those tiny moments, you know, we do what we don't want to do because we don't want to disappoint people. We don't want to be punished. We don't want to let people down. And it's like such a practice to start to get back into truth. Um, I can't even imagine your journey with it given I've found it so difficult. Um, so yeah, I really just applaud all the work that you do and continue to do on this journey. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's not, it's not an easy road, that's for sure. And my road has led me a few times to so contemplating suicide and almost, you know, pulling that trigger. So 
uh, I just want people to know that even in like those really dark, hopeless spaces that to push through it because even though it feels so real and that you really have no options and everything in your psyche is telling you to just quit and let the suffering be done. Like if you can just breathe through that and get to the other side, the answers will come to you and it's not hopeless. Yeah, I mean, I have so much more compassion for an understanding of that space now than I ever did before after experiencing my breakdown. Actually, I want to stop saying my breakdown and stop attaching to it. <laughs> Just another little thing to do with language there. Um, yeah, after experiencing a breakdown last year and feelings of depression in the lead up to that and, and even climbing out of it and as recently as last Tuesday, I had a day where I felt you know, really quite depressed and even got into a somewhat catatonic state for probably about 30 minutes where I was just really detached from my emotions and just couldn't, felt like I couldn't cope. Um, but, you know, for me now, thankfully on the path I'm currently on, it's like those episodes are lasting less time and I'm able to get through them and very much keep that kind of hope in the back of my mind and that that belief and knowledge that it will pass. Um, but I definitely have so much more compassion for people now. And I think it is something that's very difficult to understand if you haven't been there. Um, and I certainly wouldn't wish it on people. Um, but yeah, if you're, if you're someone listening who, you know, knows people who struggle with depression and suicidal thoughts and things like, um, you know, it, it, it's such a crazy place to be in because in those moments you really do feel like there's no other option. And even for me in a lot of those moments, I could look at my life and be like, my life is actually great. Like I have a nice house. I have wonderful friends. I look, the sun is shining and I could see all of these things that I was meant to be grateful for. And that was meant to be peaceful and happy and all of that. But I just didn't feel it. It didn't matter how good it all was. It just didn't feel good inside. And I think that's probably one of the most difficult things when you're feeling those depressive feelings is like your reality doesn't match your inner world. Um, it doesn't matter how good the reality is. And I mean, when my dad passed away, like obviously I felt sad and you could call it depression afterwards, but when you have a very clear reason to attach to, it's somewhat more logical because you're like, well, of course I'm going to feel this. And you know that there's a grief process and it'll pass. I think it's when these things come up much later in different forms and out of the blue. And you can kind of say back over, like I could look back over my life and be like, well, these different things happened that may be part of why I feel this right now, but they're not going on right now. So why am I feeling it right now? And, you know, it can be very, you can feel very hopeless. You can also start beating yourself up about not being able to just be grateful and positive about all the things in your life. But it really is, it is a difficult place to be in a journey. And I think what you've said there is just such, um, such important words that, you know, just keep the faith. There is a pathway out and just keep doing whatever small amount of work you can do on yourself that day. And whether that's just to like sleep and nurture yourself and go out and look at the sunshine, or if you have the energy to journal or do yoga or whatever it might be for you, like just keep doing as much of that stuff as possible, which communicates that message internally that we are worth it. Um, you know, for me, that's when things started to change. Like I just continue to do that work and, and things ultimately do get better. 
Yeah, one big tool that I learned with FFS, which I I heard about before, but I just never really put into practice is actually journaling and writing things down. And especially in those hopeless times, I mean, you can just like get to the bottom of what's really playing itself out. And like you said, I've been in those moments too, where you look around and it's like, I have everything I've ever wanted. Like I have you know, a good, I have a house or a roof over my head. I have good food. I have a loving boyfriend. I have, you know, money to do the things I need to do. And still I find myself like just wanting to die and run away and just have it all be over and end the suffering and um, being able to journal through that and figure out what it is and what's the story that's playing out in my mind um, has really been life changing for me. And um, it really helps to point to these stories and things that I've really kept buried for a long time. Um, And like I said, it's like, I knew that I had a shitty childhood, but I didn't really like dive into it to figure it out. And one of the things, the patterns that I keep playing is when I get depressed, I want to just like run away. And I've realized that in journaling that that came from my childhood of just like wanting to be out of the space that I was in. And um, I find myself replaying that. And every time I get into these depressive states and having to like recognize what's happening and realize that I'm replaying the story and the grass is greener on the other side. And then in journaling, I'm able to like write down the things that I'm grateful for and really take a look at the things that are going positive for me in my life and it helps me to reframe what's what's happening in my mind and that I don't need to run away and things are actually okay and like I don't have to listen to these stories that are going on in my head yeah it's so fascinating the running away thing because that's what I do as well and I mean I do I love to travel and adventure so I always justified to myself that this is just the lifestyle that I want to live but I also like you know if I'm really honest and truthful with myself, like I always want to change up my surroundings when things get difficult. I want to change. I want to move. I want to, you know, the the least I want to do is move the furniture around in my room or something. But if I can, um, I actually want to leave and I'll, I'll get up and go. And I've not lived in one house for more than 18 months since I was 18 years old, basically since I've been an adult, I've been running essentially and continuing to change up my environment, thinking that if I change up, the container that the inner world would change, but that's not the case. And right now I'm doing the uncomfortable work of staying put in Colorado, staying put, um, not in a committed relationship, like it, essentially living, I'm dating, but like a single kind of life. Cause that's something else I've never done. I'm doing that uncomfortable work right now. And I literally have those feelings rising me. Like every time I get uncomfortable with something today, I was uncomfortable with a conversation I had this morning with someone I care about and uh, someone who lives in the area. I've just started like recently investing in my community in Colorado. Cause I'm like, I've really got to invest in it. Like I continue to keep this distance between myself and life here. And I had this feeling of like, Oh, I can't be here anymore. Like, and I find it fascinating how easily now that I'm aware of it, how easily I'm triggered into that mindset. I think before I wasn't necessarily aware that, that conversation was causing those feelings or whatever. Um, and I would just like wait till the feelings got uncomfortable enough. And then I would just bail versus like, it's okay. Like just have the conversation, be uncomfortable, see the person again, work through it. And then all of a sudden you don't need to leave Colorado because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you love it here, Sarah. <laughs> but yeah, it's fascinating. Like 
I actually am inspired, like you said, that you've traced that back to your childhood and why. And I don't think I've done that yet. Like, I think that's some work that I would like to do and try to figure out why, why I want to want to run from the difficult situations. Like, yeah, I haven't thought about that in relation to my childhood and where that would have been coming up for me back then, but that's a good one. Journaling is such a good tool. My gosh. And I honestly have not been doing it the last week. I just was, was reflecting on as well. And I was like, wow. And I wonder I'm getting a little bit stuck in my head right now because I have not been letting that stuff out. And I'm usually pretty well an everyday journaler. So yeah, it's definitely a new habit for me. Um, just starting it up really this year. I mean, I've, I've dabbled in it before, but not consistently. And I've noticed that every time I get like real wrapped up in my head, it's like, Oh, I haven't journaled in like a week or so. Like, mm, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> totally. Right. It's so fascinating. Um, so you and I have talked offline a little bit about what it's like to publicly start sharing things that you're healing in your life and how that feels because there are other people involved, you know, and that's something that uh, has happened for me. It's made my mom and my sister sometimes uncomfortable. My dad's passed away. So, you know, um, I, I try to share everything I do with as much respect as I can. And I think you and I talked about it and you use the words, be as gentle as you can with the truth. And I thought that was so beautiful. It's definitely something I'm trying to do, but where are you at right now? Like how are you feeling about how publicly you've been sharing yeah, so like you mentioned, I just started um, an Instagram account uh, called The Unraveling Fern, where I'm portraying what my story onto Instagram, and it's just a way for me to be able to get my story out of my system, because <laughs> um, like I said, I, I've just kept it in from the moment that my perpetrator went to, to jail. I just kind of shoved it down and haven't really talked about it. And, um, and so, yeah, so I, I was really scared putting it out there and I knew that I wanted to do it. And the, the moment I first made the account and put up my first post, like, oh, this is what this account's going to be about. And like, please join me on my journey if you feel called to or whatever. And then after that first post, I like didn't post again <laughs> for like a week or two and I was like oh yeah like this is this is actually a lot more challenging than I thought it was gonna be and then in my mind I was like okay well I'm gonna like because I've heard things you know I'm, I'm new to this whole Instagram world and blogging and whatever um I heard that you know you just have to keep creating content like just keep putting it out there like no matter what every other day or whatever it is like you have to be consistent and so I was like okay I'm gonna put something out there every other day and so I started off that way and then it just got like super overwhelming really quickly to a point where I actually had my very first panic attack that I've ever experienced. Um, I literally thought I was dying and having a heart attack. It was really scary and not fun. And I realized in that experience that even though I may think that I'm healing and over my stories or whatever um they still have a lot of energy in them and um i'm still processing that and every time i share my story that energy is still there and i still have to process it and allow my body to process it and to be gentle with myself and that's one thing i'm not very good at is being compassionate and gentle with myself i'm very good about doing that with other people but it's really hard for me to do that for myself. And I realized that in sharing my story is that 
it's not as black and white as I thought it is. It's very much like an onion, you know, you think, you think you dealt with something, but no, it, it's still, it's still there, but it's just at a different level than it was before. And I haven't really put myself out there with my new Instagram. Like I haven't shared with a lot of my close friends and family that I started this new account, but they're finding me. Mm. <laughs> and, um, and it's, that's a little challenging. Like when I, when my brother first found my account and he was talking to me about some of the posts that I had made and how it kind of triggered him on his own journey. And, um, and then I felt really bad. I was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to like trigger you and like cause you any stress or anything. And he was like, no, it's not that at all. Like really it's, it's helping me because um, I didn't, realize the extent of what we had gone through like I knew that it was bad but I forgot how bad it was and um, being able to share it just kind of gave him the opportunity to realize that yeah we did have a hard time and it's okay to say that we had a hard time and and it's okay that we can face that and move forward together instead of like hiding and pretending like it's all okay when it really isn't like it's okay to say that it's not okay yeah and um that was really big for me and my brother and um I'm really worried about my mom (laughs) reading my stuff and I know it's probably going to happen and she's been very I've I've been very um open with her about my journey with um fit for service and sharing different things that I've learned with her and that type of stuff. But to actually have her like sit there and read the things that I'm saying uh, brings a lot of anxiety to me. And I'm not sure if she's seen it yet, but I know that her best friend has seen it, but she hasn't talked to me about it at all yet. But the holidays are just around the corner. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. And I think it's so difficult because I mean, our parents did their absolute best, like and they loved us and they did everything they could to give us a good upbringing. And that looked the way it ended up looking. And that's just, that's just the truth. But, you know, it's also going to be confronting. I know, I think, I believe that that's what happens for my mom. The things that I talk about sometimes maybe confront her and, you know, I've, I've called her and left her notes and stuff just to say like, I love you. And like, I'm glad you were my mother. I don't want any other mother and everything is, is great, but I want to look at this stuff and heal it. Um, the things that happened to me, the way that I experienced them. And that's, that's my journey and it's got nothing to do with you or how I feel about you. Like I absolutely love you, but I don't want to push it down. Like I want to actually heal these things. And for a long time, I didn't, because I think we can always find someone who had it worse off than us and think, geez, like just be positive and look at what you're, what you did have and what you're grateful for. And I mean, yeah, I could sit here right now and feel the things about you. Like what you went through is a hell of a lot worse than what I went through, but how does it serve the world for either of us to not heal our stuff? And that's what I came to. I understood that it doesn't matter there's no scale of severity that means, okay, if it's this bad, you're allowed to do healing work. And if it's not, then you can't like, uh, and I see people who haven't done the healing work for years and throughout their life, they're just repeating the patterns of the past. Um, And we all have things that we need to heal from our childhoods, simple things. Even if you had like a very, very normal, healthy, happy home filled with love, 
you're still going to experience certain feelings, maybe rejection, maybe abandonment, maybe um, humiliation, like whatever they are. And they may not be as deep as what someone like yourself has experienced. Um, They may not be as deep as what I've experienced. They may be deeper, like who knows, but uh, just doing that work to heal them is very freeing for yourself and means that you can be of service to other people because you've actually been willing to sit in the stuff and, and move it and look at it. For me, I, I notice very much where I'm at, like right now, like literally with say I'm here in Colorado, I mentioned earlier, I'm like meeting new people and being really intentional about going into my community. So there's a lot of that new people energy around me right now where, you know, you're kind of showing up, telling your story, putting yourself forward, friends, dating, whatever it might be. And I feel different this time around to how I have in the past because I have released so many of the stories and the shame and the parts of who I was that would make me show up in a certain way that would be acceptable to other people. I've, I've noticed just, this is literally the last month, like, cool. Like I am actually showing up more as myself, much more comfortable and much more in truth and not so concerned about putting forward this image of myself that I know would attract people to me in the beginning. But, you know, then I walk around with the shame that they don't really know who I really am and that kind of thing. So it's definitely, uh, I can see right now and I feel it's probably something I'm moving through right now is actually feel really proud and grateful that I've done the work that I have as hard as it's been and sharing it has been so hard. But once I've released something to the world, it no longer becomes something that I have to sit with and decide whether I'm going to tell a new person or not, you know? Yeah, for sure. I could totally relate to that. Especially this last weekend, I was with um, a group of friends that I went to school with back in 10 years ago. And we're really, we were really close back then. And when we saw each other, you know, we still had that same love, like, oh my God, I love you guys so much. And two of my friends actually have found my the unraveling of her account. And so um, it was very interesting to be with these people who I had a different image of myself in front of, and then to have like my true self be in front of them and how well received I was and all of the shame and uncomfortableness that I was afraid of for so long was all in my head. Like I was just received with nothing but love and um, you know, them telling me how strong I am and the encouragement that they gave me for sharing my story and for, um, pushing through the discomforts, um, that I go through and being able to share it with the world in such a way that it's inspiring other people to take a look at their shadows as well Yeah, and not be ashamed. That's so amazing. And I mean, that's ultimately the conversation I ended up having with my mom and my sister was like, I'm sorry for anything that has triggered you because that's not, you know, that does feel bad. I don't want to do that for them. But like, this has been very much like in some regards, I I think it saved my life. Like I, by going down this path of healing and sharing and being public with it has just released so much from me um, that I just feel better and different. And I know that it's, you know, it's helping others to look at their, as you say, look at their shadows and everything as well. So, you know, I shared that with my mom just to say like, I know, I understand your concern. I understand it's really uncomfortable for you to see me sharing these things. And that's coming up for you as 
like concern for me or whatever. But the truth of all of that is that I'm in a way better place than I ever have been because I've been able to release some of these things that I just carried with stories in my head. Um, so yeah, it's been cool. <laughs> awesome, babe. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I don't know if you have any um, final thoughts or anything else coming up for you right now that you want to share? Um, not really just that, you know, um, I, I really do struggle with depression, anxiety, and suicidal thoughts. And I just went through a bout of that a few weeks ago. And um, I just came back from a memorial of a friend who ended up committing suicide. And so a lot of that is on my brain right now. And, you know, if anybody is really struggling with any of that kind of stuff, like the, the most powerful tool that I have discovered to help me get out of that is by actually saying it to somebody. And that is like so freaking scary. Mm -hmm and you don't want to do it and I completely feel you but if you can just find the courage to share with somebody what you're going through it will literally save your life so find the courage mm -hmm. I couldn't agree with you more that was my turning point when I was on my downward spiral was just hitting that place where I finally just opened up to my girlfriend Danny and Ash and just I was like I can't go anymore and I feel like dying and they were just like all right let's you know let's help you and take action and it was just even it was just me saying it that all of a sudden made me hear it out loud and go wow all right it's time to time to do something and stop just living with this alone this darkness inside me so I agree with you <laughs> thank you so much babe for coming on the show and sharing your journey i know it's very vulnerable and i'm very proud of you and grateful and inspired by you so i love you thank you thank you so much i love you too thanks for having me my pleasure thanks for listening to this episode of in my truth you can find the show notes on my website under the tab podcast or sarahregelhuth.com forward slash in my truth podcast to stay updated on all of our episodes, subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcasting app. We cover some pretty intense stuff in our episodes. So if anything is coming up for you, please don't be afraid to reach out for help. In the show notes of every episode, you'll find a list of resources, but good friend Google will always be able to help you depending on where you're located in the world. Remember, you're not alone and there is hope, even though it may not feel that way at times. Talk to someone, a friend or family member and let them support you. Reach out to a professional, do whatever you need to start your journey back to feeling good. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, either publicly or anonymously, head to my website and book in. Once again, it's sarahregelhook.com forward slash in my truth podcast. Thanks again for being here.